0: Uh, and he joins us on the line. Henry, how are you doing? Welcome to 5FM.
1: Hey, Benjay. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on board. Yes, yeah, great Great Uh great to have you, Henry. Not nice to be
0: on with you this morning. Tell us, what decided you to actually get into the field of mental health from a perspective of advocacy? Why did you decide to do this? Yeah,
1: um, I mean, I think the lockdown really uh, accelerated it. Um, I had a pretty bad lockdown my... I had a family member that that got cancer close to me. Um, luckily, they they through it now. Um, with the lockdown, all our businesses were shut down. I ended up like a long, long-term relationship. And um, during the lockdown, I just had tons of like my staff that were affected by the business phoning me every day with struggles that they were having. Um, and I mean, the more – like the longer the lockdown went on, the more these people were really struggling to, you know, just – just gather their thoughts and stuff so it was it was just a natural progression um you, it wasn't my first right, it? yeah yeah I, i'm a restaurateur and um and they yeah i mean we absolutely got destroyed like in in covid and yeah it was it was just very damaging to see like how it affected our staff and everything
0: so before we get into the mental health element, are you still running your business or are the restaurant's still operating or is that something
1: the, the, that you've now stopped entirely? No, the restaurants are still operating. We managed to get through it. I mean, it was a massive fight with like a lot of people to get through and it just takes, it just takes its toll on your mental health. I mean, every day you're waking up and there's like this anxiety about whether the businesses are going to succeed or the businesses are going to make it through. And I mean, we're looking at it from quite like a privileged perspective. Being the owners of the businesses, you know, on the other side of the coin, they're people with families who earn, you know, what, one and a half times minimum wage that are unsure about whether they're going to even have a job again. So I can just imagine the toll it took on them.
0: So, so that was the mental health element. You actually during the lockdown decided to do something unusual to help save the businesses and get money for your staff. Talk to us a little bit about what the plan was that you, that you put in place because obviously that Feeds into what you're doing now for mental health
1: yeah so um during the during the lockdown i I mean a lot some of our staff earned most of their money on tips, and we i mean they were just completely struggling, so I decided to run the comrades marathon in our in my passageway to raise money for them, and we managed to raise one hundred and twenty thousand rand in eleven hours for them um, and it was just really it was really nice to see and great that people jumped on board and and it gave these people. You know, a month's worth of groceries and food for their families and stuff like that. And that was, that was the first step. And and I just sort of, the natural progression from that was to just go a bit bigger once I started delving into the mental health aspect.
0: So you were under all this pressure. It sounds to me like you had a really rough time dealing with a lot of, a lot of personal issues. So did you then approach someone who could help you with, with your mental health challenges?
1: Was that how you started? Yeah. Working on this. um so so I actually started seeing somebody like just before lockdown happened um after after my family member picked up um, got sick uh, I just went and started seeing a psychologist and it was it was so good because the psychologist obviously helped me work through a lot of the issues it's difficult because you don't think that you have problems or you don't think that you're struggling until you sort of start speaking to people and you realize what normal, I mean, I'd say normal in inverted commas, should be like or feel like. Um, but the sad truth is that I'm, again, like I'm very privileged enough to be able to afford access to things like psychologists and medication. Something like 99% of the world cannot afford access to it. It's a scary statistic. Eh? And And one in three people in South Africa currently struggle with some form of mental illness. So that just shows you that like what about the, yeah.
0: what about the other side of the equation, Henry, in terms of the like the stigma attached to it and how people view these sorts of problems was that an issue for you going into these sorts of therapeutic spaces, thinking about your mental health that you have to overcome your own personal perhaps biases against this or was that not such a problem in your space
1: no, one hundred percent that was like a massive problem i mean it took it took me so long to get over myself and my ego to admit that it's not a bad thing to seek help. It's not a terrible thing to take medication. I think like there's a lot of stigma attached to taking some form of medication. People sort of think it makes your mind weak. It doesn't make your mind weak. It actually really helps your mind. Um, I think the best analogy my psychologist used was you see a lot of people go to gym and they use supplements to help their body get in shape and recover after a hard gym session. So why is it so stigmatized that people use things like medication to help their mind get into shape? And, and sort of when that clicked for me, I was like, uh, that's absolutely true. It's not, it shouldn't be seen as a problem that you're trying to get your mind into the best shape that it can be in.
0: So you, you went through this process. You, you had to decide that this was something that you wanted to do. How, how did you eventually decide that this is what you? What, what you needed. Was there some tipping point or, or did someone make a suggestion? How did you eventually realize that this was the direction you had to go? To? Are you talking about with the run? Not with the run. you on, on personal oh, space. Oh, just, I, just the personal space. Somehow people have to get there, you know?
1: When I was going through like the breakup with my fiance, it was, um, it was tough. I mean, my family suggested that I go and see a psychologist, um, she suggested I go and see somebody, and it was a fair call at the time. I was under extreme pressure. Um, I did fight it a long time, and eventually I think I just acknowledged that it's there's no harm in going to somebody and at least trying it out and seeing if it works. And I went for my first session with my psychologist, and, and I just really enjoyed being in the space because you get to sort of – um chat to somebody on like an objective level and they they help you realize your shortcomings and they, they sort of help you work through. They also, you know, help you acknowledge your strengths as well as your weaknesses. It's not just all about like fixing yourself. It's about acknowledging what you do well and, you know, taking that in and growing that seed as well. Um, so it was tough. Uh, it took a lot of convincing, but eventually I got there and I'm very thankful that I did get there.
0: So now let's talk about what you're doing to make this available to, to other people. Quite an extraordinary feat you're trying to do. Understand that it's a, a world record that you're trying to break. You're going to run the entire coastline in South Africa every single day. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I applied for this record sort of on a whim because I needed something to focus on because I was struggling, um, quite badly, uh, and I just needed something in the future to sort of get my head right. And we decided, yeah, that we would do this run from uh Cozy Bay down to Fieldstrift. 21Ks a day for 133 days. Wow. That is uh insane. What is the current record for someone running that amount of marathons? Uh the current record is actually held by another South African, this badass called Trish Eckstein. She did a hundred. Um Consecutively, but it was unofficial because she didn't, she didn't do everything that the, like the Guinness World Book of Records requires.
0: Uh, Henry, we were just talking before you, before you got ESCOM about the issue of Guinness Book of Records and, and how you actually go about applying for something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry. So you, you I just applied through their website and, um, and I, I sort of sat on it for three months and didn't hear anything. And then on December the 9th, they wrote back and said, I've been accepted. So I sort of made the decision there and then that I wasn't going to be, uh, stuffing around with it anymore because I'd put it out into the world. And that's when I started my training.
0: Let's talk about the training element. That's huge. Uh, one marathon is very, very, uh, painful from a perspective. You know, people are sore the next day. Uh, if you're going to do 133, that's, a, that's a huge amount of running. How are you, how are you trying to train that away? Is it possible to actually Get to
1: that level of fitness. Uh, yeah, so it's um, it's half marathon, so it's twenty one k's a day, and I'm basically doing about thirteen sessions a week of running. I'm um, I'm doing sometimes twice a day. I'm doing boxing. I'm doing gym sessions. At the end of the day, it's just about getting your body into the best shape it can be. So I've quit drinking. I've done all of that type of stuff, and basically, I'm yeah, I'm just focusing on getting through it. It's it's really physically it's not as tough a challenge as one would think especially once you get your body into the shape it needs to be in um running 21ks is sort of two hours out of your day every day you've just got to make sure you recover correctly
0: let's talk about the logistics as well in terms of of this i'm assuming that you have a team behind you when you do these sorts of long distance or you're staying in airbnbs or do you have a tent how does it work when you're running around the south african coastline which you know some parts are, are very urban some parts are very rural how do you Get that stuff sorted
1: out. I think the best part of the whole trip was actually me just putting it out onto Facebook. I just – because for the Guinness World Book of Records, I need a runner for every leg with me. So I put it out into the world, um, and I got about 400 runners coming back to me who are joining me around the coastline. Uh, I've had people reach out and offer me houses and places to stay in the most random out-of-the-way places – and it's just been really nice to see people jump on board with the initiative.
0: Sure. So you're going to be doing this run. You're starting on the, the North coast and running all the way up, uh, to Namibia. It's going to take you 133 days. What's that about four months you're going to be running? Yeah, yeah Four months, four and a half months, four and a half months. So that, that is, uh, sure. That's insane. And, uh, and really quite quite amazing if uh if if you think about it how does this fit into the fundraising are you asking people to donate per kilometer can people just make a one sort payment how does how does that side of things work and where's the money going to be going
1: Yes. So so my goal originally, all of the money raised is going to SADAG. And I I need to like reiterate because a lot of people have asked me, every single cent that's being raised is going to SADAG. I'm funding the the entire trip out of my own pocket because I depression and anxiety group. Yeah. I'm funding the whole thing out of my pocket because I would like, I want this money to go to SEDAG. They do a fantastic job. I I mean, their stats are quite unbelievable. They're taking in something like over 1200 calls a day from people. Um, it tripled in lockdown onto like their suicide hotlines and stuff like that. I've been to their offices. It's it's amazing to to see what they do, you know, with the resources that they've got. So my goal was to raise 10 cents, literally 10 cents for every kilometer I run. And I wanted 10,000 people to donate that. It works out to 600 Rand for the whole year. And that raises 6 million Rand for them. Um, So we started a backer buddy campaign. And the BackerBuddy campaign is the primary fundraiser, fundraising platform.
0: So if you go into BackerBuddy, then you, then you
1: can donate. What has been the response so, so far? So as of like currently, I, I launched it in March and I think once I start the run, it will start gathering a bit more momentum. But I mean, it, off the bat, we raised a quarter of a million rand. Um, obviously I'm still in the training phase and we're putting together Bigger campaigns and better campaigns for when I'm actually doing the running. The response has been fantastic. I think the response from people, especially who, who have struggled with mental illness, a lot of close friends, a lot of associates, et cetera, has been phenomenal. I mean, that's what's, that's what's driving me forward.
0: Sure. So that is, uh, that is amazing already that you've got a quarter of a million just off the bat. That, that is, uh, great and, and, and a lot of attention, people paying attention, as you say, donating to, to help the actual run be a success. Is there anything that you need on that
1: side of things? Look, so people have just joined in and chipped in with anything they can. I mean, I had a friend bring me a pair of shoes that he had. He was my size because I am, I'm going to go through a lot of shoes. Um, Pirates running club who I run under are doing a lot with energy. So I've got like a lot of energy for me. It's just been. It's just been really nice to see people chip in with what they can. I understand that not everyone can afford 600 rand. I understand that some people can't afford anything. Um, if all they do is share my posts or help with the awareness or reach out to a friend that's really struggling with mental health, to me, that's a win, you know?
0: So when is, when so is the beginning just, and how
1: can people get on board? Uh, 8th of July, 8th of July, it's starting. And, um, and the BackerBuddy so campaign is, is, you can just... Backer Buddy campaign is, is backerbuddy.co.za forward slash mentally aware, like uh, South African aware, A-W-E-H. Um, but if people want to join me for a run, that's awesome. If people would like to anything, I mean, like just come out and support or, or put something out in their local newspaper when I'm running through their town, they can contact me and I can send them the schedule. Literally anything to do anything to do with mental health will help, you know, um, geez, go and volunteer for SADAG for a day if you want, or just share their stuff. It's important. They put out all this stuff on their Instagram page about how to reach out to people with mental illnesses. And it's really informative stuff.
0: Well, there you go. And you can also uh, just from a mental health perspective, have a look at our own high FM uh, helpline, which is, is there precisely to give uh counseling services to any of our listeners who listen to, Hi So, if you phone us on 076-957-2060 uh, or o eight hundred two four two four three six, that's o eight hundred two four two four three six. You can also access uh, these kind of services if you are a listener to the station. Uh, so, it's just really good to see that people are making a big difference when it comes to mental health. And go check out uh, Henry's Henry's backer Buddy Page, uh, mentally aware. That's A-W-E-H, A-W-E-H, and, and support him any way you can. I think it's a really great initiative that you're doing, Henry. So, so well done. And we're looking forward to seeing the, the progress that you make as you uh, run around the beautiful coastline of South Africa.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Bench. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a while since we've chatted you and I.